me, a podcast. Oh, I feel dirty just doing that bit. Who suggested this bit? Why am I doing it? I mean, I suggest. Honestly, that wasn't that wasn't bad. Let's go. I don't know. I I played a lot of Mario as a kid, so I, I guess I got a mild it. Although honestly, honestly though. I want to play Waluigi and Smash Brothers more than anything else when it comes to the Mario franchise. That is... You'll never get it. I want it. I want my boy. All right, for those of you who are still listening to this, welcome to the Sprites of Life podcast. I'm Lucas. I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And we are here today to teach you guys some more science through some games. And if you didn't pick up on it yet, like everybody else, we're kind of hung up on Mario because, well, to be quite honest, it is the gaming franchise is that like too out of left field to say like i feel like it's just one of those things where if you show a bunch of people like different pictures of characters everyone kind of just knows who mario is i don't have a hundred percent it's 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 a landmark franchise yeah like it, it's one of those where like and it's not even like with pokemon where you're just like pikachu like oh everyone knows pikachu it's literally like Mario has become a staple of pop culture for so many different age groups, even those who have never actually gotten to experience it. I figured, let's talk about it, have some fun, do some environmental stuff with it, and, you know, maybe poke some fun. We like to be topical. Yeah, you got to jump on it. You know, when this comes out, it'll have made even more money in the box office, right? I I mean, they're only going up for right now. Yeah, they they are only... The stonks are all the way up on this one. They're making... A disgusting amount of money and that kind of i kind of want that roll that into the news because y'all are old enough like me to remember the video game curse right about like like translating to movies yeah, movies tv shows any, any i feel like any other media ever and then also like movie tie-in games were also cursed it wasn't a curse it was that people didn't actually treat it like an actual art form of storytelling not li- not the video game people but the people adapting it didn't treat the like the, the individual pieces as unique stories they treated it like ah the kids will watch anything and in their defense when we watched the Pokemon movie as kids, we loved that. I mean, that's a great movie. So is the original. The original Mortal Kombat is also great. It's campy as all get out, but it's great. Street Fighter the movie is lovable in a certain light. But now we're now we've got Detective Pikachu. We've got The Last of Us. We've got The Witcher. We're the golden age of video game adaptations. And now we get to oh, you know what? Honestly, surprised me as being good. The Sonic movies are pretty good they were fun they were yeah i I had fun yeah like i love the fact that like they're just getting in the third one they're gonna be like yeah no we're just gonna put shadow in these people literally got a blank check to be like yeah go go make go put shadow in there at some point they're gonna be putting like b and they're gonna put the gator in there i don't know it's it's great that they're that the curse doesn't exist i mean i wouldn't say it doesn't exist i'm in fear of the the borderlands movie do not fear it's going to be great is it yeah, they put Kevin Hart in a role that I do not think he should be in. If it makes so obviously okay, directed by Eli Roth, take it or leave it. But do you know who is writing it? Who? It's a team of Eli Roth and Craig Mazin. And Craig is the guy who made the Last of Us show. Hope a little higher. And Jack Black is playing Claptrap. So he also made Chernobyl. Yes, Chernobyl is very good. Very good. Uh, and he wrote, uh, he worked on Mythic Quest, and he did Scary Movie 4. He has a very uh, eclectic career. <laughs> I really didn't know a- the Scary Movie 4 trivia fact, actually, because I learned that in relation to Chernobyl. It's the, uh, did you ever see the really, really, like, 
weird movie called Rocket Man circa like 1998. Yes. Oh my God. It's either everyone loves it or everyone hates it. Yeah. And that was the, Craig Mazin's first writing credit. Good for him. He has a very strange career, but it's great. Yeah, but none of them have made nearly the disgusting amount of money that the Super Mario Brothers made in their first weekend. Like, they picked a great time to do it with, like, the long weekend and everything for Easter. They made $377 million in their global debut. That's a lot of money. That is a record breaker. I believe that is the record for the most money made in an animated film on its first week. What, wait, sorry. What was the total, Lucas? $377 million. On opening weekend. On opening weekend. Again, that is a lot. Just for perspective, when Jurassic World Dominion came out, terrible movie, but still people like to watch it, $145 million. Fast and Furious 9, $70 million. These people destroyed them with Mario because that's how powerful the franchise is. I think it would fall right under, like, right by, like, Age of Ultron, I think. Like, that's that's the kind of movies, like, Spider-Man 3, Civil War. Oh, yeah, it's it made two million less than Captain America Civil War on opening weekend. Wow, that's actually pretty crazy. That was pretty, Marvel was huge. Love, it's just before anyone started, like, the downtrending in Marvel, we're kind of seeing, but, like, it's... Civil War was pretty hype, I remember. I remember being very excited yeah, for Civil no. War. Who was the voice of Ultron in that one? James Spader. I wish he was, like more scary for longer like when he was setting up and doing the weird puppet song and like that was really cool if they had kept him alive i mean the good news about ultron is that he just keeps getting brought back by idiots so hopefully they bring him back maybe in iron wars maybe like in the tv show they'll bring him back and i did like, really appreciate the joke that was like ultron spent like 20 minutes on the internet and just decided to destroy humanity <laughs> it's not not that big a leap not <laughs> even 20 minutes he spent like in in movie time like this is 23 seconds well it's gotta go. It's all gotta go. I will say, if you saw the fifth, Ele fifth element, did it too. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was not great either. Oh, was, you, I will not tolerate fifth element. No, 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 no. I'm saying like the war thing is not great. Fifth element is a treasure. Chris was ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that movie. I've watched that movie more times than I can count. But yeah, no, that's awesome that they came out and they were so successful. Now, before we go back into the video game news, I did want to, we have to drop in some science news. So, uh, whale sharks are able to see in the dark a lot better than us. So, the news came out from a Japanese research team that was trying to figure out how whale sharks do it. Because whale sharks not only go towards the surface to feed in the bright lights and feed on plankton and krill and all kinds of crud. But, they also can go down over 2,000 feet into pitch black darkness. And we have no idea how until we started looking at some of the amino acids in their eyes. We found one, and then they took a look at it. And normally, this, um, this protein, uh, rhodopsin, is sensitive to green light, but has been mutated and became sensitive to blue light. And that blue light sensitivity is perfect for the deep ocean because when you're in the, the blue light is the only light that can make it down that far, so they're able to see a bit better. What makes it weirder is that that same genetic altercation in the same site for us is the reason we can't see well at night. It's the reason we have night blindness. So they mutated away from night blindness for us and how are now able to see better in the dark with it, which is just cool. 
Like the fact that so much change can happen with just one single amino acid. So you're saying we're one amino acid away from night vision. In a sense. I mean, the tricky bit is that with this protein, it degrades when exposed to heat. So it functions really well in the deep ocean because it's cold down there. So it's really cool what 435 million years of evolution can put together. I love that they're still learning stuff about these animals because whale sharks, despite how much we love them, we don't know as much as people think. It's really cool. I'm sorry. I, I needed to gush before we get back to the Mario stuff. But yes. Oh, my gosh. Whale sharks. Get so cool. Ah. No, I, I really hope to see one one day. I actually have a coworker that's in Belize like right now um, to dive with them. Are tagging or diving, photographing? Yeah, just like diving photos. I think it's like a tour kind of deal. I think it's there an area where they migrate. I had a friend who did that once uh, for Antarctica, and instead of whale sharks, they were, she went. Everyone goes to Antarctica for different reasons, but nine times out of ten, it's to look at penguins. She was the one out of ten who just wanted to see leopard seals to eat penguins. I mean, they're pretty cool. They're heads the size of a horse. They are monsters. Yeah, they're giant. As far as like the Mario movie goes, it kind of does open up. A lot of opportunity for other Nintendo franchises. Like people have speculated, like okay, Smash Bros. Cinematic Universe, Smash Bros. Cinematic Universe. Let's go! And so that means we would need basically. So if we're gonna if we're gonna Avengers, Smash I think you have Bros. to start with what's the original eight. Okay, okay, let's pull up the original eight. Hang on, Mario, Link, wow, Mario, Link, Samus, Star Fox, Pikachu, Jigglypuff, Kirby. Wait, was Jigglypuff in um, the first one or no? Jigglypuff was in the first one, but only because it would fit like, okay, we can make this easily because <laughs> it's the same as Kirby. That would, uh, yeah, okay. That would be that would be my my six. If I'm thinking of different movies to make, it would be those six. Yeah. So for me, like, I don't know. Sam, a Samus movie and a Fox movie are really like, they would be really close in tone. Well, I guess one could be more sci-fi horror and the other one could be more sci-fi adventure. Samus would definitely be lean into the like haunted house. I see yeah, I see Samus too as like a um yeah, like like she's like very like alien-esque or aliens-esque, maybe more so because it's a little more action-y. And Star Fox is more like a uh almost Star Wars-y, more like space like large battleships, pitched space combat, stuff like that. Honestly, like. it would it would have to be Top Gun with animals. Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's wonderful. Um. Oh, okay. Captain Falcon has to be like a coming of age, rise through the ranks story. No, Captain Falcon. He's he's like Ricky Bobby. He's yeah. just <laughs> he's just all. <laughs> I just imagine. I'm imagining Captain Falcon with Ricky Bobby lines, and I'm like, I I can't unhear that. Thanks to you, it'd be incredible. I mean, a Legend of Zelda. There was rumor that Netflix was trying to make a Legend of Zelda show. Like, someone was trying. Yeah. But that that's hard. Like, honestly, I'd rather Legend of Zelda be a TV show versus a movie because it is an adventure and it takes more time to take place. But it is tricky. And they are working on a Detective Pikachu, too. So, yeah, Smash Bros. Cinematic Universe. Let's make it happen. With Ryan Reynolds' Pikachu only. No, shut up. Oh, hang on. Danny wait, no. I thought you said Danny DeVito-sounding Pikachu. <laughs> Everyone is voiced by Chris Pratt. That's the new, like, every male character is voiced by Chris Pratt. That's it. That's what they're going to do from now on. Samus will be voiced by Margot Robbie, and that's all that will be for it. That'll actually just be every role <laughs> and everything now. <laughs> the the, the Eddie Murphy approach to uh, making movies. Oh, please. Don't. My heart. My soul. But on to one slight bit of, like, did you get, like E3's dead. 
Yeah, very sad. It got kicked. It that Simpsons meme of stop it, stop it, he's already dead. <laughs> Where they just kicked it down. Just I feel a little bad. I find it deeply ironic now because so obviously Nintendo was the first one to kind of break and do their own thing because they started doing those Nintendo Directs and they stopped doing E3 stuff. And then Microsoft started doing them, Sony started doing them, and eventually it was just like, we don't need this giant venue to do these things. We can just do them ourselves on our own channels and E3 died. Nintendo announced they're doing a Nintendo Live to 2023. Yeah. It's just like a big, like in-person celebration of Nintendo in Seattle. And I'm like, I just want to know about Pikmin Four. I feel we'll get Pikmin Four stuff done like within the next month or two. Like they're gonna do a like, here's a spring direct for what's coming up, and then they'll do the big thing in September. I do think that it is cool that they are offering tournaments for their games there, though. Uh, first time for every. I'm sorry, Nintendo treats their properties for tournaments like garbage, especially the Smash community. Oh, speaking of tournaments, though, um, little sidebar, um, any current VGC Pokemon fans or people that want to try local events are starting back up in May. Um, And it's like a really fun way to go try some in-person tournaments without um, having to like shell out for regional entry fees and all that. Yeah, no, it's a whole lot cheaper and you get to meet more friends close. That's the first tournament I ever did was a regional like it was like not regional, uh, like a local up in Orlando with Don years ago. And that was fun. I liked it. But, like, it's it's a great little way to do it. It's better, Again, so much cheaper. But in the end, like, I, I do think Nintendo and all these other companies kind of realize that, like, with the tournaments and, like, with the E3 and all that, that if they have more control over it, then they have less likely chances to screw up. A lot of people watch, e th- watch to E3 because, like, okay, who's going to mess up this time? Yeah, there's been some legendary E3 moments, I feel like. Oh god, like the Wii music where they try where they awkwardly played the instrument to the Mario Do theme. Do not have phones was uh that was uh That was BlizzCon. Thing, right? That was oh, BlizzCon. BlizzCon, that's right. But that's the same problem, but they realized that oh snap, we put a bunch of programmers who aren't trained to speak in front of people on stage. Or like they bring the wrong celebrity who's not exactly hyped and just there for a paycheck. On the other hand, you get your Keanu Reeves, your breathtaking moments, and those just make everyone's lives like just the coolest thing ever. Again, it all, I don't know, it just seems like cheaper and easier way for them to survive. At least that's from my perspective. Oh, well, so long, E3. I don't want to say I'll miss you because I don't think I will. All right, so Mario. What was y'all's first Mario game? I'm guessing we're all going to have the same experience of Super Mario 64. Yep. That that was mine. No, actually. What? what? Wait, actually, let me You're think. Not that much younger than us. <laughs> I didn't have an N64. I'm trying to think. Maybe I played it. The first Mario game I owned, I think, was probably for the Game Boy. Maybe Game Boy. No, Game Boy Advance. I think it was Super Mario Bros. Three. But um, I, I I maybe I maybe played Mario 64 at like a friend's house. I didn't have a Nintendo 64 until later. All right. So next question: What's your favorite Mario game? So I have a sentimental choice which is super mario bros 3 because every year for thanksgiving we'd always go to my grandparents house up in rochester new york and me my brother my cousins were all hole up in the basement where the only thing that was there was an old crt tv with a super nintendo or an any sorry with an nes hooked up to it and we just played super mario 3 all day all night nonstop for like five straight days every year and we just like hold up and play that. And this other game called City Connection that no one ever knows about. 
No, the, for um, what about you, Don? I kind of like forgot about this, but I played the absolute hell out of this game. Um, and I know it's like not most people's favorite Mar- Paper Mario, but I really loved Super Paper Mario. No, that's awesome. Like a lot of people say, Thousand Year Door is like theirs, but like, no, that's fa- Paper Mario is good. Like that's a great. Yeah, I really liked the like the two D three D flipping thing. I liked that you could play as like Bowser's and all of them. Um, I thought the villain and stuff was cool. I liked get catching the like the or catching or teaming up with or whatever they were the little the little pixel dudes that all had different powers i mean for me it's got to be um mario kart double dash that was my favorite mario game it just um and that one's actually you're not the only one with sentimental me and my brother we've always had our ups and downs because we're brothers it's what you do but like the one the first time i'll ever remember working together with my brother without any kind of animosity or any time i'll get you back later was when we played Double Dash because we had to work together. I couldn't drive. I was very bad at driving back then. And he was like, all right, I'll do the driving. You throw the items. And so in Double Dash, when one person's on the back chucking items and punching people who come near you, that became my job. And so it ended up me and my brother would constantly be beating people because we were able to work so well as a team of just two brothers. My brother being Wario. Two brothers. (laughs) My brother would always play Wario, and I would always play Waluigi. So we'd just have tons of bombs, and we'd just be chucking them like crazy at anyone who came anywhere close to us. And that was so much fun to do when we were kids. Mario has had so much of an impact on my childhood. If and- I could 1B this question, Lucas, it would be Luigi's Mansion. Ooh, that is a good... I mean, that it's solid. Like, it became... I mean, how many people back then would have think, like, a game about Luigi? Eh, I don't know. Like... No, that was that's a banger, but but most of the Super Mario games all function mostly the same. You are set on a quest. You go through multiple different regions connected through plumbings and various paths to go and defeat the enemy. It's simple. That's why it's worked. Simplicity in itself. But usually you're going to start out in some kind of plane level. But eventually you start going through forests, oceans, mountains, deserts, cityscapes, swamps. Uh, at some point you literally go to outer space. Like, just straight-up space. But a common quirk that I, I, I see in this game, and I think a lot of games kind of took from it, is that there's no ecotone. Uh, an ecotone is whenever you transition between two ecological communities. So I love that in the Mushroom Kingdom, you can go from, like, a snow-capped mountain, walk down the path, and you're in Cat World. And you just walk down the road. And I think a lot of video games, like, started copied that and to this day you'll always get games where it's like you go from one area loading speed completely different environment why do i need transitions when i can just play a magical flute and fly like just like one space further it just makes it more interesting i mean even today with um there's a jrpg called tales of arise where you'll literally like it's way more advanced than mario ever was but you cut through like a mountain pass and it's like nope it's springtime here it was snow before, but here it's spring. And I'm just like, we, we're better than this now, people. We can transition a little bit easier. And, and I always thought the game that did it pretty solidly was Breath of the Wild. Yeah, we're going to definitely have to. We're probably have to do multiple episodes in Breath of the Wild and Zelda at this point. Like, it, it really did. Um, another game that did a good job of it was um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Or any of the Horizon games. Like, they're so good. Like, if they're... The the only crime Horizon Zero Dawn committed was coming out at the same time as Breath of the Wild. No, and then Elden Ring was Forbidden it, West. Yeah, no, it cannot catch a break. Like it keeps releasing uh, when it really shouldn't. Like just a month later, 
a month later, you would have been safe. <laughs> but it's really cool for me that each of these areas does have different creatures to fit in most cases. Like in the newer games, you'll start, if you fight a Goomba in one area, you go to another area and now the Goomba is wearing a snow hat or the Goomba is in a jungle environment and it has a spear. Like you, they change the creatures that you're fighting with each area, which seems really basic and obvious to do. But back in the day, this was like the pinnacle. This is the starter of a lot of this stuff. And I think that's cool. Like you won't see a cheap sheep in the desert. You're going to see them only in the water regions. And that's where this started is that idea. Most games back then were like very, very much you're fighting the same thing until you find a big boss at the end. This one, it's changing it up. It's mixing it up. And I really do like it. But uh, the power-ups are where things get a little weird. Like we, we just mentioned like the Tanuki suit with the flying and the cape. You get a lot of weird power-up. And it's weird in a good way because you'd think what kind of world would let such horrifying plants and mushrooms exist? And then you take one look into a biology textbook and be like, oh, oh, our world is kind of like that too. I mean, I've eaten a lot of mushrooms at dinner at the dinner table and they have never made me double in size. Cool. But like there are over 14,000 species of mushroom on the planet that we know of and many of them are edible. And then they're eaten all over the world like shiitake mushrooms. And then you have their great source of protein and fiber. A lot of people who are vegetarian or vegan get their protein from them. But then, of course, as you said, many are toxic, like the death cap mushroom, and can cause anything from gastrointestinal distress to death in 10 days. Some are hallucinogenic. Some are used to dye wool. All of these different organisms have crazy effects, even though they're considered. Like, even plants as weird as, like, the boomerang flower in Super Mario Brothers are seen in the real world in, like, helicopter seeds and how the wind picks them up and spins them around and gets them moving where they need to go. I mean, the only w truly weird thing, everything seems to have eyes. Like, if you, you don't unsee it when you're playing a Mario game. Like, everything has eyes. The piranha plants don't have eyes. The, uh, look deeper. <laughs> I'm honestly convinced that one of those white Petey spots. piranha's got, like, sort of eyes. But, like, in the sense of the scenery. Like, if you look at the trees, they have eyes. The blocks, they have eyes. Like, the, the, the plants have eyes. And it's like, is this just an ancestral trait where everyone just got eye spots and then you all just kind of kept it because it worked? You do know the story with, like, the blocks, right? I don't. The blocks are, are the citizens of the Mushroom Kingdom. Yes. Oh, what? When Bowser, like, took over, all of the citizens of Mushroom Kingdom were turned into the blocks. Is this like some sort of like 4chan Reddit page no, thing? No, this is like this is this is canon. It's in the it's in the manual for the game. Oh no. One uh, here we go. I have the extra. One day the kingdom of the peaceful mushroom people was invaded by the Koopa, a tribe of turtles famous for their black magic. The quiet, peace-loving mushroom people were turned into mere stones, bricks, and even field horsehair plants, and the mushroom kingdom fell into ruin. Oh no. So when you smash those blocks, you're kind of killing people. I killed a lot of people. Oh, this guy had a great... Oh, you smashed it? Like, hey, I found some dude's wallet. Weird. It has his family in it. Whatever. Just, it's mine just now. Looting, looting <laughs> just looting corpses. <laughs> like, every time you smash a block, you're like, oh, I got a pair of shoes this time. What else is in here? Like, literally, I can only imagine... That's horrifying. That's yeah, awful. There you, go. there you go. I mean, it, it's also... 
I'm sorry, now I can't unsee that fact. Like literally everything is eyes because oh, they're they are they are people. <laughs> I mean, but no matter how like deadly the terrain is though, like there's life there, and that's also true of ours world. Like a, a real world volcano, you're not going to find like, you know, bone snakes swimming in it. But many animals do they live. They want us to think. How could they don't let us go look in the volcanoes, Lucas? Why are there why are there ropes around the edges? It's to hide us from the bone snakes. <laughs> you know what, Don? You're right. You first. You go find the bone snakes. Bring one back. <laughs> but like, even in our world, aside from the bone snakes, you're going to have things that live in volcanic regions, especially underwater. You'll even have snails that have built iron in their system to live in these areas that are a little bit hotter and hide from those pressures. You'll have toxic swamps throughout Mario, where if you touch the sludge, you die. But in our world, swamps, even if they lack a lot of oxygen, even if they have toxic stuff, still has things like crayfish in it. If you want a super creature, forget the cockroach. Crayfish scare the poop out of me. Like, they are so good at living. And they literally learn to clone themselves. It's not fair. Have you seen the Tasmanian giant crayfish? No, I have not. Did you hear about the ghost crayfish that cloned itself? Yes. Um, yeah, they're uh, aquaculture stuff. We talk about them a lot, actually. But what about the giant Tasmanian That's, super crayfish? This, this is too big. Oh, sake. Oh, my God. Put it back. Put that back in there. That is awful. Oh, I don't want to see that. That belongs in a Mario game. I think they get like three or six pounds. They're like a small lobster. Uh, 13 pounds. 13 that pounds. Belongs... Oh, they're a nice lobster. I want to step on it like a Mario game. No, get rid of it. I don't like it. It's endangered, Lucas. Oh, okay, then. In that case, well, I get rid of Don't you feel bad? Yeah, don't you feel like a jerk? <laughs> Why is it endangered? People stepping on it. Oh! I think it's, deli- I think it's delicious. <laughs> I mean, like, listen... If this is in Tasmania, it's an island, so it's like, listen, there's not as many things to eat here. So, yeah, grab the giant lobsters. Bring on the giant lobsters. Jeremy Wade even caught them, I think, on an episode of River Monsters. Yeah, he's here in one of the pictures. He is such a weird dude. I love that guy's show back in the day. River Monsters was such a weird show. But, like, it's so interesting that they had so many weird life forms in this game. And... They obviously added them way back in the day and didn't put as much thought into them, but I kind of want to put too much thought into them and kind of talk a bit about some of the enemies and some of the friends you meet in the game and kind of like their biology. And I think there's no better place to start than the Goombas. Um, Fun fact, last enemies to be programmed into the game. They were one of the last things for the Goombas. Probably because they were so easy. Well, it was because in the development cycle, that was one of the last things they needed to finish. And they never truly added sprites for it. How they made it walk, would they basically rotated the sprite. back, and They made a mirror image of the sprite back and forth. So one foot looks one way, and then you mirror it and looks the other way, and it just looks like it's walking. So it just mirrored it back and forth, and that's how they did the old trick. But yeah, no, the Goomba is like the classic enemy. It is the classic, you step on it, dies, easy peasy to get rid of. But mushroom, it may look like a mushroom, but it doesn't, like, behave like a mushroom. I mean, it doesn't act like Toad does, and we'll get to Toad, but, like... they they're, It shares the kingdom. They're all mushroom people. Yeah, but it's got, like, fangs, and, like, it doesn't spread any spores, and it just kind of waddles around. I mean, what I like is that it has the ability to stack itself. Like, you'll get the Tower of Goombas, and you have to get rid of all of them, and that's really similar to some Nidarians. So Nidarians, things like uh, the Portuguese Man of War, 
like they're a bunch of the same species, but they're all specialized in almost like different organisms that are all kind of working it out. And I think that's just something cool that you might have a comparison with. I don't think in Portuguese, Man of War is a Nidarian. Isn't it a Siphonophore? It's like the weird one. I think it, no, I believe it's in Nidarian, but it's not in the true jellies. Like that's the, the difference. That might be correct. I yeah, the Tinafores are the ones who are like in their own. The comb no, jellies. Four is the totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Comb, yeah. yeah. I always remember the comb jellies are the weirdos because comb jellies were the ones my professor railed about being like, no, they were before the sponges, and I have proof. And he just pulls out like a Pepe Sylvia style like board. It was it was a good time. Sounds like a fun guy. The Goombas are sentient, which kind of makes the Mario Party games a little messed up because yes, while well, they're enemies and you're fighting them, that makes sense. But like. When you find out like Paper Mario and stuff, like, oh, yeah, no, we can totally think for ourselves and we can be good or bad or whatever. In the Mario Party games, like, there's one that's like, hey, round up all the Goombas, catch them in a big net. And it's like, it's one thing to do it in like a, a, a Save the Princess setting, but it's quite another to be like, let's all play party games, put the living sentient creatures in the cage and let's play with them. I don't know. It just feels off. I don't like it. I mean, if you look at Mario Party through that lens, a lot of things seem off. I mean, have you played a game of Mario Party with your bros and your sisters and all that? I have the blisters to prove it. It's, just, it's not. It's I guess it is kind of they created the most toxic game on the planet before Call of Duty ever did. And that's I guess that's its own merit. Uh, the one villains or creatures I really wanted to talk about, though, were the Koopas, because Koopas are just giant turtles. And it's easy to talk about them. Because Have you seen the weird uh, philosophy paper about Mario with the F on it? No. What? What's the abstract? Um, it's about how it's a f- intro to philosophy paper about Mario, and the guy just keeps using the word perchance, and the prof- t- professor is getting more and mad, and he's like, "Who knows why Mario chooses to stomp turtles?" <laughs> <laughs> perchance it is because like just yeah and it, like ended sentence with perchance and the professor like the annotations are just like you can't do this <laughs> i believe he did professor I'll, I'll try to find it but anyway continue i apologize for that. no it's all good with um with the koopas i honestly wonder like how the structure works biologically and what exactly bowser is like i'm sure there's some lore of what exactly bowser is he came from meteor born with it but like, just from looking at it straight away, it almost looks like the biggest, strongest Koopa adapts genetically to become even stronger. Like, it looks like all the other Koopas around him are, like, the subservient versions. And then you get them just getting a whole... The, the one clan leader, the biggest one, is going to, like, adapt and change. Because you see that all the time in ocean creatures, especially clownfish. Clownfish are weird. Like, Finding Nemo does not do them justice in how weird they are because they live in a matriarchal society. And the female, it's top brass at the top, but if she dies, then that means that the male next in line will actually transition into a female, and then the other males will move up. Yeah, they're sequential hermaphrodites. Yeah, and it works really well for them, so why not have something similar with turtles? Where it's just, okay, well, I'm the next in line now, and I have to order you all around. Guess I'll learn to breathe fire. And I'm going to get some spikes on my back. Let's go. I think I think it is more a a different like species of Koopa because there are I, I'm thinking of like Boom Boom, like Boom Boom Koopa, because if you look at that one, it's got teeth, it's got spikes on its shells. 
Yeah, so I, I think that there's just... I think Bowser's definitely, like, the biggest of the big, and that's why he is king. Is being a wizard a species or a preference? Like, a profession? A profession? The the wizard Koopas? Maybe yeah. There's a, there's, I'm sure there's lore for it. Speaking of lore, it's I sent the uh, the Mario essay I talked about. Yeah, I, hang on. I, I'm going to read a few lines from this, so you all are going you to guys, have to Honestly, you both should just read it. No, yourself, I'm reading this first paragraph. Okay. All right, so everyone knows Mario is cool as bleep, but who knows what he's thinking? Who knows why he crushes turtles? And why do we think about him as fondly as we think as mythical, non-existent Dr. Pepper? Perchance. <laughs> This is amazing. I I want to. I'm reading the rest of this before bed. And this is great. It's unfortunately we don't have the full essay, but we have this much. But with the Koopas, one thing that's common about all of them is if you step on them, you get to use their shell as a weapon and do major damage everywhere. Everywhere from the main games to Mario Kart, shells are dangerous. But it got me thinking. Okay, has anyone ever considered using turtle parts as weapons or shields? Because even in Elden Rings, you can get the turtle shield. You can get all kinds of weird and any and a bunch dude, of. I games. can't. I can't kill the turtles in the Elden Ring. They're so nice. And then there's the turtle Pope. He's a great dude. <laughs> I've I've seen people get really upset at streamers who kill the turtle Pope. Yeah, I would never. People would lose subscribers for killing the turtle Pope. You don't do that. You give it. You give him spell books. He's like, hey, this might be heresy, but let's read it. Knowledge is good. And then he's just he's just down. But like, I had to think about it, and I had to look into it. The closest I could find was a fighting style in Okinawa that used, like, the turtle shell as a inspiration for a fighting style, but they're not used as a weapon. It turns out bone weapons aren't as useful as Monster Hunter told me they were. People just decided long ago to not use bone as a weapon when you could just pick up a rock. Like, there's no reason to use a shell as a weapon in Native... in, you know, our world. But... Native Americans found a much better use for it. Uh, the Muscogee and the Tusoyaha tribes that are found around Tennessee, they would actually take eastern box turtle shells. They'd seal them up, put some beans in them, and drill holes in them, and they'd make rattles that they attach to their ankles for dances. So it became um, much more of a musical than a weapon sort of deal, which I think is just something interesting about a culture most people don't think of. But the Koopa shells, if they were to be weapons, they would have to be made of much tougher stuff. So I looked up the toughest shells, and those are going to be things like seashells, and that's because of the Narsi. Narke? I can't pronounce anything. The the Mother of Pearl. So that Mother of Pearl sheen that you are seeing, if you look at it on a, under a microscope, it's basically thousands of tiny little bricks all working together on a microscopic level to hold the structure. There's a reason I cannot take like a conch shell and snap it in half. I mean, maybe you can't, bro. Okay, Don, maybe you can't either. Maybe Chris can, but none of us can. Or we can, sm- but you can smash it. Yeah, but you can't. That means you're using a whole bunch of force, like to just start breaking it. You can't bend it. You can't twist it. You're basically having Stop to like. Gra- <laughs> oh, it hurts. It always hurts. But it's interesting to think of like in Mario, you're just using this thing and flinging it around. But in our world, it's like no, make instruments out of it. Way more useful. Now, as far as weird plants we got to talk about piranha plant and i'll be perfectly honest with you i really hate this thing because it got waluigi's spot in smash brothers like i still it just no don't don't hate pd piranha hate i like the plants 
He's not the Piranha, Piranha Plant isn't PD Piranha though, right? No, it's not. It's just Piranha Plant. Yeah, PD Piranha like flies. Yeah, PD Piranha is like uh, Mario, uh, Super Mario Sunshine sort of enemy. But like the Piranha Plant in general, it's just like this. I don't know. I get upset about it because it took over Waluigi's spot that he deserved. He deserved it. I mean, PD Piranha's like he was like my guy in Super Mario Baseball. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he looks like a power. He looks like someone who can hit some hard ball. He's like your quintessential first baseman. I, I, I'll take your word for it. I do not know the baseballs. Actually, that was the only Mario sports game I never played. Was like Mario Strike, Super Mario Strikers. Wasn't for me. No, no, Super Mario Strikers, the soccer game. Like the the baseball one's not the one I played. I love the soccer game. Mario really. Tennis was my thing. Yeah, it was pretty good too. But the weird part about Petty, about Piranha Plant or Petty Piranha or any of them is that the teeth aren't the weird part. It's the color. Like, obviously, with the, the red and the white stripe and the wet spot, that indi- that's an indicator of poison. That's something like when a, an organism has those colors, it's like, stay away from me. Stay away from me. Don't come near me. And that's weird, given that the piranha plants are predators and want things to come close to them. Does that make sense? A post-somatic coloration. It's the don't eat me colors or the bright colors, the yeah. warm colors. Uh, but like, why is it? Why does it have that? If it wants to, like, I mean, granted, they do spit poison. They can do that. Maybe, maybe it's from an environment that's bright red. Well, maybe the. I mean, so the, we already have the uh, the mushrooms, right? That yeah. people eat that make you bigger. Um. So maybe in the Mario world, the red and white spotting is indicative of tasty, delicious treats. Oh, so yeah, no, I guess you are maybe, right. Maybe because like the prey will see the flash of that red and white spots, like from the mushroom, and that oh, I can get bigger. And they'll Hang see on. it go down the pipe, and then they'll be like, ooh, it's gonna come up the pipe again because that's how mushrooms work in my world. And, and then, then they get got. That's a horror they, movie. That's yeah, that's Piranha Plant. It's a terrifying, horrifying monster. I mean, it does end, but like I like how it also is very sneaky and hiding in the pipe, seeks up some prey. But like, I, I don't know. Uh, I will ask, like, what is eating this plant, though? Because, like, if it's hiding in the pipes and sneaking up, it might have a predator going after it. Like, maybe it's trying to get a... Maybe on one hand, it's trying to get the attention of another organism. Like, hey, I'm tasty and delicious, like the growing up mushrooms. But on the other hand, it could be, hey, massive predator in the sewer. Please don't eat me. I have no idea what it's down there. But like I, Mario walks in and out of there like it's no big deal. But he's a plumber; he can survive. I wonder what happens to just a random person falling through who gets lost. Like that just sounds horrifying. I I would venture it's probably more the uh, because they're not the most mobile of creatures. So I would imagine it's a scenario of go where the puck is gonna be, so to speak. It also might not even be a plant because like there's a dry bones version of piranha plant with a skeletal structure and everything. And it, it, it reminds me of a spirit Halloween, like, skeleton. You've seen those on, like, Instagram and stuff? Or people just, like, straight up, here, here's a skeleton. Here's a spooky snake skeleton. Here's a spooky octopus skeleton. And it's just, like, they get worse and worse as you keep looking. But, like, it would technically mean that Petty Piranha is an animal, not a plant. It's an animal that looks like a plant. It is the Mario equivalent of a stick bug, which is another horror movie that we should definitely try and make and watch. But um, the last one I really wanted to talk about has to be Toad. Yeah. Well, I wanted to talk about Toad because many people bring up the fact that it might be a cordyceps mushroom. You know, the ones from The Last of Us that take over their brains. 
And that seems to be like the go-to. It's like, nope, it's dark. It's depressing. It's trying to kill everything. Don't like it. But I honestly think that it might be uh, more of a mutualistic symbiosis. Like, that's my thought. Think about it this way. It could be that the mushrooms are planted in their head the same way that in Bulbasaur and Pokemon, they put a seed on its back when they're born. The mushroom gets the person to carry them around and walk around with them, and they can spray their spores. And then, then the spores can be used as a defense for the toads when they're trying to, like, when they're getting in a fight. So the mushroom gets a place to live. The little person underneath gets a chance to have some defense around them. Like, that doesn't seem too terrifying, right? Oh, I think it's honestly a little bit easier to do it that way. Cause, and yeah, it's very easy to go about, like, yep, mushrooms taking over their brain, moving on. But I really could, it could be a symbiotic relationship. You do see symbiotic relationships between mushrooms and animals. You see it with ants. Ants that have been known to help the spores of the fungus propagate in return for getting some sort of nutrients from it, or that helps it break the down. Leaf cutter ants use uh, their instigator fungus. Yeah, so the leaf cutter ants help feed the fungus, and the fungus helps them out. It, it works perfectly, and that's something that can happen with other animals too. I mean, it's something so interesting with this whole world that they created. Like they, they did not think this through when they were doing this in the eighties, right? I mean, they definitely did not because Toad's name is Toad, but Toad is also the name of the species. It'd be like having a character named Human. As far as they knew, they were never going to add voice. Or a Charizard named Charizard. So, I mean, it's not the craziest thing. (laughs) Shut up, John. (laughs) I don't know. There wasn't like this artistic vision of like, I need to make a plumber that saves the princess from a dragon turtle. It's the inspiration. At the time, I was like, Let's make a game that seems fun and we'll add some crazy wackadoo nonsense. And like they never expected to do any of this. And yet somehow they created one of the most lasting, powerful franchises on the planet. They're just these simple little pixels. Like every game we talk about from we've talked about or going to talk about all have Mario to thank for taking it up. This game has had so much implication on every landscape, on music, on film on television everything can be tied in some regard to mario existing like every game we've ever loved or played would have never existed because this was the trailblazer this was the start of popularizing so many different trends that we see and i love this these game series for it. we didn't even talk about donkey kong no we didn't oh my gosh the implications of donkey kong these people have already written papers about this game. People are going to continue writing papers about these games and their power. We're, and there's so many chances to learn from it because there's weird lore. There's so many different outliers to it. There's so many different weird... Like Mario Kart alone gives you so many different regions to explore. There's an entire like world made of cheese just sitting out there for you to explore. And it's just there that they just came up with it and it works with the universe. How many franchises can you say, yeah, we made a world of cheese at random. Oh, yeah, it fits. Well, I've had plenty of Mario fun today. Do you guys have any last things you want to add before we dip out of here? Next step is just to go see the movie, I guess. Yeah, I guess I have to. I mean, the reviews have been like, oh, it's this and oh, it's that. And I'm like, listen, guys, there's a lot of critics expecting a bit too much from this movie. But it can still be fun. Yes. No, very much so. All right. So I do want to thank you guys so much for listening. As we always say, we're a small podcast. We want to keep growing and you guys can help us grow. We love sitting here and talking. We hope you love sitting here and listening. So please 
share with your friends, share on social media, let us know what you want us to talk about, and we'll be happy to do it. We love talking about almost any game. Yes, we do love our Pokemon, but any other game we clearly will talk about. Honestly, after yeah, after this, I really do want to talk about Horizon Zero Dawn once the DLC drops. That game does so much right, and once again, it's only crime. Oh my god, when does the DLC come out? Is it like when Horizon. Shadow of the I was like, is it when Shadow of the Erd Tree comes out? Um no, it's coming out this month. It's coming okay, out this month. Okay, okay, good. Okay, so, it's good yeah, for no, them. So I'm glad. The only competition it has is Advanced Wars, which is like good for I'm niche, excited. Niche weirdos like us, sure. The mass majority of the gaming world, not so much. But I do hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day or night. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Bye.